is up everybody welcome back it is 2024 kick your shoes off grab you something cold to drink we have got a brand new brand new episode of talk so cheers boys crotch beer what's everybody drinking tonight what you guys got i got a nacho lagre from a local brewery uh they are awesome it is a backstory brewery out of sulfur spring texas Love it. I love it. I got a little uh you got Matt. Loose cannon. Loose cannon. From a uh Maryland brewery here, so nice. Local. I'm chugging this fine this fine garage beer from the folks at Garage Beer. It's uh it's a beer flavored beer. The garage door is always open is their motto. So check these guys out. Uh Columbus, Ohio. Or, yeah, Columbus, Ohio. They are uh, super cool people. Got a chance to talk to them this week again. And, uh, yeah, beer-flavored beer. I mean, how can you go wrong with beer-flavored beer? Yeah. <clears throat> That's what, the way to do it right there. And absolutely, guys. So we got a fun episode tonight for all you folks at home. We've got a, uh, we've got a little different setup that uh, we're working with tonight. We've got uh, – we've got a, these guys have had about a week – about a week to think about some of these questions that I've got in store for you for them tonight. But um, the, the preface or the baseline for our episode tonight is rigging a new kayak. And we're talking like we're going from the ground up. We're, we're taking it home from the store. She's still got the plastic on her. This Jackson kayak is, is brand new, ready to go. So let's, uh, Let's get Matt Campbell fishing. You're talking to us. You're here, bro. Hey, man. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Hey, happy to have you here, man. Um, so we've got Matt Campbell. We've got Joshua Evans. And we've got Lance McCorder, all previous offenders of the Doc Talk program. So stoked to have you guys back. Definitely thanks for being here. But let's let's jump right on into this thing so like we said you've got that brand new jackson kayak kayak of your choice you can pick any kayak out of the out of the lineup that you want to rig in this conversation <laughs> what do you do i mean a lot of folks uh, anymore they just they go to the store they see what they want they've already done some online shopping some different things and they've kind of got an idea but they don't really know what to do yet this is their first kayak what would you tell that person? How would how would you set it? Like, what's the first thing you do with a brand new kayak? Man, you got to take it on the water, paddle it, or pedal it, depending on which version you get. I think you need to understand, you know, how you feel in that kayak. If you want to, take one rod, a couple of bags of baits, you know, do a little fishing. But you need to get an idea how that thing's going to balance and how it's paddling or pedaling for you before you start going crazy with rigging because you could rig the whole thing out and figure out that everything you did is all in the wrong place because it's not how you want to operate in that kayak. So if you're new, go fish, go fun fishing a couple of days, catch a few fish, see how it does, get a feel for it before you, well, I'd say do that before you put anything on it other than the paddle holder. Yeah, I'd have to agree with Matt on that. Um, uh, one of my biggest, one of my favorite things is really kind of rigging for functionality. And the only way you know how to do that is if you spend some time in the boat without anything on it. Okay. Get it out there. See, you know, where, where your arm reaches and where everything would be convenient. 
or maybe where you'd want uh, like a motor control or a rod holder or a cup, um, you know, where you think you might want your graphs. And you're going to sit in your kayak and visualize where you want all these things to be, right? Um, and visualizing it when it's fresh out the plastic in your garage, that's one thing. But once you get it on the water and you really feel like, okay, if I lean this way, how's my boat going to react? You know, can I reach to the front of the, the, the cockpit area? You know, how's reaching behind me go? Um, all these things will play major factors into how you rig it so that, one, you're comfortable while you're out there on the water. And it's the most uh, functional as far as, you know, fishing comfortably and being able to access your tools while on the water. Or if you're just fun paddling even, right? You want to know where your lunch bag and, or, or your cooler is going to be on the kayak and how can I best access that? The only way to do that is spend a little time on the water without anything on it. Um, and then the other thing I would suggest is once you do kind of have a good idea, um, I've always been kind of a, an advocate of not drilling too much in my boats. I think the, the last two boats I've had would be the first ones I really put a bunch of holes in. Um, but uh, it also, if you don't, you know, hard install everything like your electronics or where your battery is going to be, things like that you still have the ability to move it around your boat uh, for, for weight distribution, for accessibility, uh, all those different factors. And, and if you decide you don't like it, you haven't hard installed it, you can move it somewhere else, you know? Man, just, just to echo, I mean, the, the, both both Matt and Josh, they covered, uh, I mean, a, a whole lot of stuff. And I, I think one of the most important things is like what Josh said is, is that geometry of that boat is, it's different from boat to boat, you know? So once you get it, you can visualize it all you want. So you get out there and you sit in that seat, uh, you know, throw a rod around a little bit, see which way you're leaning, see how that boat reacts. Um, every single boat, I mean, there's no such thing as a dry kayak, you know, and, 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 you know, scupper plugs and things like that we can get into in a little bit, but, uh, you know, you're going to have little wet spots. You're going to have, you know, it, depending on how much you weigh, where your seat's comfortable, you may have a little bit of water in the back or, you know, when you get to slouching in the midday, you may have a little spot that pulls up a little water in one of the sides. And those are real important things to pay attention to with a brand new boat. Um, even going from model year to model year, if, you know, the company's changed anything, it can completely change the way that that boat rides in the water. Um, so it's one of those things, unless it's a boat that you're really, really familiar with and you know that the manufacturer hasn't made any changes since you had your last one, you know, a thousand percent, get that thing out there and paddle around um pedal it around you know do both i mean because there, there's a lot of situations where we're not going to use the pedal you know i get in that thick grass or high ascent or things like that and i'm not using a pedal drive i'm i'm using a, a long paddle and um and dragging myself through that stuff a lot of the time so if i put my graphs in the wrong space you know they're in the way so i mean it's just really kind of important to get in there and pay attention to it and especially like josh <laughs> drilling holes so many people are just a fan of grabbing a boat and drilling holes in it. And man, that can really mess you up. Um, especially, you know, you get in one of those spots that, that collects a little bit of water and that's where you chose to, you know, put a, put a grommet and, and run your, you know, twin eight gauge wires for your trolling motor through, you know, that can collect a lot of water. Those things are water resistant. They're not waterproof, you know? So being real thoughtful about how you rig is, is huge. So I'm really, really glad that we're doing this one tonight. And, and, uh, breaking down some myths and things like that, man. And we, we, we got the crew that can do it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we've got this new kayak. We're, we're, we're at the paddle shop, you know, we've, we've really not quite left yet. What are some of the off the shelf um, secondary products that you think you would tell a new angler to purchase um, for rigging that new kayak? Just, just out of the gate, some of the standard things. Man. I mean, yeah. I would start with a paddle holder, and um, yeah. I really like the Yak Attack, the, the double header. Um, it, it because oh, it's yeah. it's dual function. You can get a paddle in there, but you can also use the mount spot where it goes into your track. You can later add like set it up so you can put a graph on there or put some other secondary accessory on there. Um, a good paddle holder. Those are nice too because I got the little bungees because you never know. All of us have had a paddle fall off a kayak and then we're going, mm -hmm. uh oh, well, you know, trying to figure it out where it is. Um, I would say a 
paddle holder would be one of the number one things for me, one of the first accessories I'd tell anybody to grab. Yeah, I, I would say a paddle holder. Uh, I like the rotor grips. Um, you know, I, I put them on extensions on arms uh, and kind of, you know, it, very similar to the, the double header. Um, but, uh, the spacing is a little wider and I, and I prefer that, um, for me personally. Uh, but aside from that, maybe a crate, uh, either that or some type of, uh, like an anchoring system, maybe like an anchor wizard would probably be, uh, something that I would grab right off the shelf. Yeah, I think that definitely a paddle holder. The one that I always grab, uh, and it really works well with the, uh, with the tri-track that you find on Jackson kayaks, cause you can really put them wherever you want. Uh, Yat Gadget makes those rod and paddle stagers, uh, that allow you to clip a paddle down and it'll hold a couple of rods in there too. Uh, it's kind of nice, especially when it's brand new and you're not really knowing, you know, maybe, maybe you're going with a new crate. You don't know where your crate's going. You got a spot where you can stick a rod if you don't want to keep putting them in and out of the horizontal rod stagers in the boat. Um, those work really, really well. Um, I mean, obviously out of the gate, um, you know, your 360 light is something that everybody's going to need. Grab that when you get your boat. Um, if we're taking it out for the first time or two, we're probably not going to have the motor on it yet. Maybe we will, but nav lights, uh, or, or any, you know, I, I like having the button lights, uh, just cause they're smaller and they don't get smashed as much. Uh, but, uh, you know, just really 360 light, all your safety equipment, everything like that. Um, and, and kind of get a good idea while you're at the shop, talk, talk with those people, you know, it's like, I own a shop, we'll sit there and, and, and we'll talk to you about where and what, where we can put the basics, you know, like, uh, um, your, your, your survival code, some, some, uh, a dry box for, you know, dry bags for a spare set of clothes, things like that. I mean, just kind of the basics that you want to have in there when you get going, just to, to one, be legal and two, be safe. Actually, to, to add on to what Lance is saying. You know, um, one, knowing what your your local state regulations are so that you are going out safely from the get go and within whatever those laws and rules might be. Um, mm -hmm. Another thing, shops like Lance's, um, you know, they, they do rigging and, and other stuff like that. You know, when you buy the boat from them, don't necessarily have them rig it right away. But let them know, hey, I'm going to take it out, uh, kind of get a feel for it. And if you want to help me with rigging after the fact, then I'll come back uh, and give you some return business. That's always a good idea. Um, you know, give, gives you a chance to really know where you want to put everything. And, and you know, uh, when you go back in, you can tell Lance, hey, my arm is, you know, three inches, four inches shorter than yours. So instead of having the graph way up here, I need it back a little bit further. Right. Mm -hmm. Little subtleties like that um, are going to help help you have the boat set up the way you want it. If you're not setting it up hundred percent yourself, uh, but also it's going to make sure that the, the shop can ensure that you're set up and happy when you walk out the door. Yeah, that is uh, that is great advice. So <clears throat> we've covered, you know, some of those first accessories and different things like that. And I think talking to the paddle shop is, is probably one of the best pieces of advice that you can give anybody because there's a wealth of knowledge there. And, you know, to have that at your fingertips so that you can <clears throat> walk out of there with the right paddle with, you know, the different things that you need is, is going to be, it's going to be huge. I mean, it really will be. <clears throat> so, with that being said, what are you, you've <clears throat> taken this kayak out. You you've seen how it performs. You've got a few roto grips. You've got a, you know, nice new shiny paddle. You've got a crate. What are we looking at? I mean, what's, what is the next step in rigging this kayak? What's step three? I would say probably for a lot of folks, you know, if you've got the basics on there, a lot of folks are then going to be, if they're trying to do anything more than shallow fishing, probably looking at, you know, a fish finder to help them find depth, find structure, catch more fish. Um, you're, you're probably getting into that tier of rigging, which means you're going to start running wiring. You're going to worry about batteries. Um, that's probably the next, I guess, kind of the next level of things. What do you guys think? 
Lance? Is Lance frozen? All right. Well, uh, for, for me, I'd say, yeah, definitely um, looking at your graphs, your batteries, um, motors, right? Motor mounts, uh, incorporating. Oh, man, it's James McBeath. I'm sorry. Hey, James. Um, up, you know, incorporating uh, like a power pole or an anchoring system off the back in conjunction with a motor. Uh, a lot of different factors here when you're looking at that next stage in rigging. Um, again, weight distribution is huge, uh, especially if you're running a motor because you want to make sure that you're maximizing, uh, you know, that motor's capabilities in conjunction with the whole shape and, and the weight distribution in your boat. There's a lot of factors there. Uh, that's one of those times where if you are new and not a less seasoned or less tenured uh, kayak angler, reaching out to shops like Lance's, or Delaware Paddle Sports, or all, so many other different Jackson dealers out there, and uh, and kind of help having them help walk you through that part because that's a really important piece to that puzzle. If, if I'm being honest, yeah, uh, absolutely agree. And, and like we we kind of, I, I think we, we we skipped one little portion that's kind of important, and it's something that we do. You know, ETX Paddle Sports. The next step for me when we start putting in crates and we start putting in you know coolers and you know tackle boxes or bags or things like that once we've taken it out and gotten comfortable with it we get that stuff in there the one thing that i see a ton of people skip over is is securing that initial loadout you know it's like once we get yeah. a crate in there how are you going to keep that crate in there if you flip you know how are you going to keep those rods in the crate if you flip how are you going to keep a cooler in there how are you going to keep tie downs um i don't know about about other shops but i know at ours we do uh like I've got a really cool, you know, industrial grade sewing machine that we make like rigging straps and stuff like that for that will tie down all your gear. I know Yak Attack makes a bunch of really cool straps and uh, buckle attachments that we use a lot. But I mean, really thinking about securing that stuff because and, and, and also kind of when you're testing that boat, a lot of times with with people in a new in a new rig, I'll tell them to go out and flip it when it's empty, too. You know, like if the weather's nice or whatever go flip it, go get back in it, man. Because, you know, really the time to learn how to get back in your boat is not when you're in the water and it's, and it's cold, you know? Um, I, w I went in last year, I got swamped by a boat, uh, at Hartwell and, uh, I got flipped and, you know, thank goodness all my stuff was, was secure. You know, it's like when I flipped that boat over, I was like, man, everything's going to be gone. And I mean, I still had, you know, rods, in the crate, you know, the crate was right where I left it. It was like, everything was tied down and it was like, all right, cool. You know? Um, so it's like, it, that's a really important step in there too, is to get with your dealer or just kind of really do a little research, get some good tie downs and figure out how you can secure that stuff um, in, in a really efficient manner. Because, you know, a lot of us, it, you know, even fun fishing, us tournament guys that are out there, we're rigging these, but we're, we're setting these boats up constantly in the dark, in the cold, in the rain, you know, so having a system that really just, you know, fast X buckles or little shock cord tie downs and things like that, that you can really do without being able to see very well and, and, and do it quickly is, is a really important step that I'd add on to that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree anymore with you, Lance. It's no fun chasing a fully loaded black pack that's half full of water and full of tackle boxes down the river. Yeah. Um, they do float. They yeah. do float, but Maybe you'd rather not have yeah. to chase them down. <laughs> <laughs> I think on top of Lance talking about tie downs, one of the, especially with these kayaks nowadays, as big and wide as most of them are, even, you know, a good chunk of the recreational kayaks, a good, you know, a lot of us call them drag rope. You know, you've got that where you can pull it around on the dock or pull it up on the shore or whatever. Uh, I leave one, whenever I go out, I have one tied to the front of my boat at all times it just loops around the front handle but something like that if you flip the kayak to be able to pull that off the front and put it on a handle and use that for leverage to flip that kayak back over uh, you know it's a 20 or 30 dollar piece but it could end up being the major difference in your day yeah for sure I, for sure can i add one more I want to add one more thing, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think Christian Gervais it was in the comments and said, get the best paddle you can afford. I cannot mm -hmm. scream that enough. Um, I still have my very first Bendy Branches Sunrise paddle. I got it for like 50 bucks off my buddy Matt Baden. And, and it's a great paddle, right? Um, but it, 
as I've progressed, I started getting hand fatigue and, and, you know, the longer you're out there, you know, people go to Dick's Sporting Goods and they'll grab the, the cheapest, you know, paddle they can or the one that came with their kayak and it's aluminum and they think, oh, this is great. And by midday, they've got hand cramps or, you know, shoulder fatigue. The second I actually upgraded my paddle and went to the best paddle I could, which is a, a Benny Branch's uh, Angler Pro Carbon, Carbon. Let me tell you, good Lord, it's like literally the, the weight of your arms and that's it. You, you don't feel like you have a paddle in your hand. And the ability to go longer throughout the day without that fatigue setting in uh, is great, it, especially if you were to flip, right? Because now all that, that fatigue that would have been there with those that cheaper, heavier paddle, now you have that energy that you can now utilize to self-rescue, flip your boat back over, chase down your gear if you didn't secure it properly, like Lance said. Um, you know, these are things that folks will say, oh, God, why would I spend three, four hundred dollars on a paddle? Right. But yeah, well, I, I mean, you know, you're brand new to the sport. I get it. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, this will do the same thing. It still pushes water. But if you look at if you hold two of them side by side and if you ever see me out of the water, I'll let you use mine. Um, it's a matter of, you can put them side by side. You have a wider blade, uh, a lighter overall paddle. Uh, the amount of water it pushes is, is more water. I mean, the, the, the list of benefits to getting a, a better paddle is astronomical. Uh, and you won't really notice it or, or know it until you actually try it. And then you'll understand. Yeah. I, I like and, 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 right here. I was say, and, and a longer paddle than, than you would think that you need to. You know, when we get these fishing boats that have higher seating, you know, I think the charts say that I should be around, you know, being 5'10", you know, I think, I think they say that I need about a 230 or 240. And I mean, I run a, uh, and I mean, I, I run a, the, the, the 60, you know, I mean, it's, I run a big paddle and it's because you get that angle and you get to digging around and pushing, it but yeah, I mean, it's, so it's I'm a there, huge fan of kayak. There's me. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, who's that?" Yeah, I'm, yeah like, I'm, I'm hitting buttons that I'm not supposed to be hitting. I'm <laughs> scrolling and, and looking at questions. Uh, uh, comment here from Dell Patton in there. It says, "You don't buy a yeah. fully loaded truck with a three-cylinder engine." Right. Yeah, you for know. sure. It's a great analogy, Dell. When I tell yeah, people never, never, never cheap out on uh, on motorcycle helmets or handguns or bulletproof vests why would you why would you cheap out on a uh, on a paddle that that's your that's your life you know that's uh and if you get in, in a lot of places like i said earlier was you know you get in a lot of grass you get in a lot of cover and things like that you know a lot of times i'll have that paddle in my hand when i'm fishing so paddle's important we've kind of covered all the the, the low-lying basics but let's let's back up. I know Josh has already kind of alluded to this, but let's talk about the fish finder portion of this thing. You know, you're new to the sport, and the, I feel like you've got your kayak, you've got a crate, you've got some rods and reels, you've got you know your baits, you've got a nice paddle. Everything, everything coming up to the next phase is man. I got to pick the right fish finder. Boys, there is a plethora of fish finders on the market. They they come the size of our phones, and they come the size of our tablets and beyond. They come. I mean, there's all kinds of them. There's different brands. There's there's so many things. How do I know where to? How does a new angler know where to start to select a graph? What's the best advice that you could give them? I would say, first and foremost, don't worry about keeping up with the Joneses, okay? Everybody's worried, like, oh, they have forward-facing sonar, they have this, they have a 12-inch screen. So what? Like, what are you going to use it for? How is it functional to you, right? So do you only need it so you can see, you know, uh, structure in the water or water temps? You don't need to go buy, you know, the, the 126 SV with the, uh, you know, live scope and all that. You don't need that. It's going to be what you're going to need it for. You know, if, if you want, you can get a unit that you can upgrade to those types of things once you see if you like it. Um, but again, that goes to talking to buddies that are out there kayak fishing, talking to shops, seeing if maybe they have units on their demos or if they, 
have their personal boats with certain units on it that they prefer uh, and see if you can if you can take that out on the water and try it out. Um, you know, when I went fishing last time with Jameson Redding, we went out there and he had uh, the, the, I think the active Lawrence active target set up uh, or live target. Act, I don't know. Active target. Um, and man, that on the FS nine was a phenomenal setup. I would have never seen it otherwise. You know, uh, I was, I, I had Ray Marine at the time. Now I'm now I have two Garmin graphs. Um, you know, don't, don't get so caught up in, in worrying about what other people got on their boats, but, if you got buddies that have different brands and different graphs on your boats, go try them out. Yeah. yeah. I think just leaving yourself room to expand in the future, it's, it's kind of like what ties in with, with what Josh said. Is, you know, uh, if, if you're brand new, you know, the odds of you going out and throwing an active target or a live scope or something like that, you know, probably, probably not, probably not huge. I mean, maybe, I don't know, but, uh, just getting that initial graph I and mean, think about, uh, the, the user interface, the simplicity of it, if you're just learning, being able to dial in. Uh, Josh mentioned like the, the Lorant systems, like, uh, you know, look at something that's, that's kind of expandable and, and something you can build on. And, you know, like the Elite series isn't, isn't very much money and it's a really good value, you know. You've got great side scan, down scan, uh, and, and 2D. I mean, th those three things are a must that everybody just goes, yes, I need to have that. But, you know, uh, having good access to, to mapping you know, like it is, is phenomenal. And that's when you start to fish lakes and things like that, any, any of the, the big boat guys, everything will tell you first off is, is mapping is everything. And thankfully now all, all three major brands, you know, Lawrence and uh, Garmin and uh, Hummingbird have fantastic mapping, you know? So, you know, I would leave room in your budget for one of those good, you know, C map chips or, you know, something like that that you can get in the region that you're fishing and uh and really have that mapping capability but other than that i mean really just the ability to to upgrade so that you have you know like an enemy a network port uh that'll allow you to put like a gps puck on it or something like that in the future because that's that's really the best add-on is a gps puck uh when you're starting um and then mm -hmm. maybe even you know the ability to go in and uh, uh you know uh, still be compatible with forward-facing sonar units one of the things you know we we could spend hours just talking about units. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest pieces, if you've gone to the point where you cut out your kayak, you've done the basic rigging, you're starting to look at fish finders and you're potentially looking at, you know, entering some tournaments, whatever it might be. I would say, go find your local group. If you got a kayak shop, talk to those guys, but also figure out who your local group is. You know, here in the DC Metro area, we've got multiple groups around. And there's so many great folks out there that, you know, if you come to a tournament, you can see guys rigging their stuff. But even if you try and go fun fishing, a lot of us will go pre-fish like the weekend before and ask people if you can tag along. Hey, what do you guys have? Let me check that out. Let's see how that works. I mean, so many of us and the three of us have already mentioned it a couple of times already are willing to show the items we have, how we've got our kayak rigged, even if you're in the market and you want to try one out, you know, yeah, and you know one of the other, reach out and find it. But the local groups, if you can get into those, the wealth of knowledge in the brains you can pick are unbelievable. I mean, I've learned so much from our local group over the, you know, 10 years that I've been involved with them, let alone, you know, the Jackson folks, you know, Delaware Paddle Sports, my local shop, even some national folks, you know, it, it's a wealth of knowledge to get into some of these groups and forums and pages and ask questions. Ask people if you can come hang out, go fish and see what they got. Good old fashioned meetup. Um, okay, so we've kind of started about graphs and Lance, you'd mentioned the Elite um, series from Lawrence, mm -hmm. but I think if somebody's looking for, you know, something good, they, they you know, they know that it, it's just entry level. They they don't know quite how to read it yet, or different things like that. Um, you know, Lawrence even offers the reveal series, which is uh, yeah, it's got mapping, it's got yeah. side, it's got downscan, it's got all the gizmos that the elite has. It's just a little lesser value unit, um, not touch screen, all the fancy bells and whistles, yeah. but it's something to kind of get you started. I think if you're a new kayak angler, it's a, it's a if you're looking to learn how to read and 
looking to learn the knowledge that goes behind them. Will it be your forever fish finder if you're serious? Probably not, but it's a great it's a great one to get you started. And the other brands have great ones to get you started too on a low budget. Um, yeah. Chad, add on to that real quick. Chad is is like if you yeah. do get into like the hook, like the reveal series, uh, yeah. and the lower end is if you find that great sale at your at your local shop. Hopefully, is where you're looking first. You know, yes. or you get on one of the big websites. Um, is when you see that great sale come up on those, make sure mm-hmm. that you really read down in there, you know, newbies and, yes. and, and read the description because they do have units that still just have GPS, you know, which will yep. give you a gray screen with a line. You can drop waypoints on it and things like that, but it doesn't right. have mapping. It's not going to be compatible. So you guys yep. out there, make sure that you read down there in the description and make sure that it has the, the maps map compatibility built into it because they do have models that do not yep make sure you hit that toggle too because there will be different options especially yeah. for like the seven seven inch and nine inch ones there there are different options as far as uh triple shot and the different things yeah, like that three so and definitely, one, L and one yeah definitely yep. transducer options yep so especially like if you're buying that from bass pro because they do run a lot of sales on those kind of things definitely watch um what they're putting out there in front of you um so you've got your fish finder you've you've picked that up next thing i mean the biggest the biggest thing that you're really going to need is is a battery now i know we all three all four run different batteries and have different preferences but how do you decide which battery is right with so many batteries on the market? You've got lead acid, you've got gel, you've got lithium. I mean, batteries alone can almost be as confusing as fish finders to find exactly what you need <laughs> for your kayak in this day and age. Now, keep in mind, this guy's he's brand new to the sport. He doesn't he doesn't have a motor yet. So he's he's looking for his first battery to power this new fish finder he bought. So like what's something that he maybe needs to look into? I mean, to find that new battery. I mean, if you're just starting out and you're looking for the basics, you know, a little 12 amp, you know, like lawnmower battery, you know, I think that's what a lot of us started with and that'll power these units, you know, for your day. of fishing, And that's an easy, easy item to pick up. It's pretty cheap. So that way, if you're not sure, you know, if that road is for you, um, that's an easy and good way to go. I mean, if you can swing it because of the upgrades and the, the long-term lasting effect, I would say go lithium because, you know, the weight is great. And uh, congratulations, Mark Williams. Yeah, congrats. And, uh, you know, a lithium battery, the long-term, the weight, the amount of time it runs units. Um, those are a couple of things I would recommend. Hey, uh, you, you know, oh, there he is. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say you blinked out there for a second. Go ahead, brother. No, I was just going to say, you know, uh, look at actual reviews, customer reviews on, on Amazon or, uh, you know, uh, Google reviews for the, the specific brands and batteries. Uh, you know, if you go on, on a lot of the Facebook pages, you're going to have people that, you know, they swear up and down that it's, you know, the best battery in the world. But if you go read the reviews, they'll tell you otherwise. Uh, the, the proofs are not put in a lot of instances. Uh, again, just like everything else in this community, ask the people around you, the more seasoned people that have spent time, have used the products and use them for a length of time. I personally recommend lithium just because of the, the, the longevity of them uh, and, and the reduction of weight, uh, you know, because every pound counts when you're out on the water, right? Um, but again, not everybody can afford a, a good lithium battery. So, you know, if you are going for a cheaper lithium, really do your research, ask the questions, you know, um, look at the warranties. That's another big one. Some of these companies say they have great batteries and then you get it and, it, you know, it, it messes up on you in the first first couple trips out and they say, oh, sorry, you know. Uh, so really look into the, 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 the actual warranty associated with the battery company. I think that's, that's something that's overlooked a lot of times. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, I, I'm in the lithium camp firmly. Um, I think it's, you know, it's 2024. Um, 
and it and it's kind of one of those you know buy once cry once i started out with the lawrence hook seven uh and you know the deer feeder battery and all that like the old little guys mm -hmm. and uh you know if you run that thing bright you know bright what you really got to do down here especially in the south a lot when it's you know dead dead of summer and you got the glare on your screen all day which you always do um you know having that extra having that extra juice available is is key so i mean i think i think what i would say is to a to a brand new angler is uh is get lithium you know get get the lithium ion uh, there's a, there's a lot of questions and rumors and things like that about lithium batteries and water and things like that. 99% of those things going around on the internet are not true. Um, I did an entire podcast of it with Stormy from Dakota a couple years back that's on my YouTube that really deep dives into battery technology. Uh, and there's a lot of other, you know, podcasts and resources out there that can teach you a lot about those batteries. But I found that, that it's, the more, the more I fish throughout the years, um, being able to utilize that battery in other ways is what's really made a difference for me, you know? So if it was somebody that's just coming into the shop and getting started, you know, I'd probably drop them in a, uh, like a 10 amp hour, 12 volt, you know, like the little Dakota lithium, uh, power box, you know, it's like a little, a little box. You can plug it right into a, uh, you know, a, a yak power port or, or to your, to your equipment inside the hole. And you can also take that thing out. You can use it on a job site to power your phone or, you know, you can recharge your laptop or, you know, use it driving down the road to, to you know, whatever, power some stuff. Uh, and, I mean, in the power outages, it's winter season here in the south, which means our entire electrical grid is probably about to collapse. So, you know, that little power box has lived next to my bed throughout the winters, you know. So, you know, you got need something to charge stuff up. So, I mean, multi-purpose, you know, and, and that's kind of like really when it comes to lithium batteries. Um, and, and when we get into talking about motor selection and thing like that, that's where that becomes a thing is being able to utilize that battery multiple ways, not, not just for that, not just for running your graph on your boat, but, you know, r running whatever you need at camp too. Yeah. And that's hey, great. Uh, the, the power boxes is an amazing tool to use, not only in your kayak, but mm -hmm. for, for any of us that, camp and kayak or if you're doing a camp weekend trip you know whether it's a dakota power box or there's a few other versions of those power boxes where you can drop a battery in yourself uh they're amazing yeah. go ahead josh yeah. oh i was just going to answer a question in the chat uh addicted angler asks uh he said uh I, I, I just got a nar what's that yeah go i ahead. was gonna throw that up there I yeah. start. go ahead yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, he said that he's got a NAR, and I was wondering if the transducer cover affect the imaging. No, it does not. I haven't yeah, had an issue not. with it at least. Um, you know, uh, I maybe it's the material we use or what, but it shoots through just fine. I, I, I have the, the cover on my CUSAX and the one on my NAR, and I've never had an issue with side imaging or any of that. So, I'll, I'll, I'll tag on that from an install point of view just because I've installed so many. Um, when you are installing in that transducer cover underneath the NAR or in any of these boats that have recessed transducer covers, make sure that you figure out a way to keep that thing level in there. So it's like I have a little 516th thread rod that, that sandwiches that transducer in there, but I always cut like a little thin layer of that, uh, that heavy like foam block like you get with a lot of kayak yep. kits and things like that. Okay. I'll cut a really thin foam block, perfectly level. And then I'll put that up in the hole and then sandwich that transducer up to it. And then the transducer cover comes up and like sandwiches it all together. So the biggest yep. thing is, yeah, it's not going to affect your imaging. It stays wet, but you just want to make sure that you're not getting any, you know, I'm trying to get lined up with my camera, you know, any cant to the transducer like that, or, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, make sure it's really nice good. and level in that hole. And, and think about the way you sit in your kayak when you're graphing too, because a lot of times when you get to, to run in banks for a long time, you'll, you'll lean one way or you'll kind of, you know, when you are act actively graphing, make sure that you keep that boat nice and level and, you, and you've, you've taught yourself how that boat runs. That's good advice. That's good advice. Um, I want to jump back on the battery thing here real quick. Um, Lancey is talking about the, the batteries. I think the biggest thing is a lot of people today are not scared to jump on Amazon and just order something. I think that's where a lot of lithium batteries are safe. 
Um, but you need to still do some research on a lithium battery before you just jump on Amazon. Don't just buy the first cheapest one you see on Amazon. Yeah. That's where you can get into some trouble. Um, definitely Alibaba. make sure you do yeah. some research <laughs> on a lithium battery. Uh, make sure that the company's well, well rounded. Um, like Lance said, you know, Dakota. Z Pro X2. Yeah. There's a lot of good battery companies out there. Um, try to stick with one of those before yeah. you run off and just buy something that's popping up cheap. I always tell people, that's the biggest thing. I always tell people to look for a battery company that's had an issue. You know, like mm-hmm. like because anybody that manufactures anything um, <clears throat> with with those kind of components, there's going to be an issue at some point. So uh, yeah. make sure that you're dealing with a company that. You know, if they do have a bad run of, you know, 60 amp hours or something like that, that they've gone through and they've replaced those and they, they've, they've exhibited that customer service and the company has still remained liquid after that. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times you'll get fly by night battery companies that are just getting Alibaba batteries, slapping stickers on them, you know, some catchy, uh, mm-hmm. some, some, some catchy marketing. And then, you know, they go out there and then, you know, all these things are coming over on a boat, you know, so they get one Connex container full of bad batteries and that, that dissolves the company and everybody is hosed. So look for those companies, you know, Dakota, uh, absolutely just, you know, a a rock in the industry. Z-Pro has done great. You know, like, like you said, there's several brands out there that have really done fantastic. And I mean, really, man, if you're going to spend hundreds of dollars on a battery, spend a hundred bucks more, spend 150 bucks more, you know, and like buy once, cry once and get one that, you know, isn't going to leave you stranded. So like Lance said, just, just watch those, watch some of those companies on Amazon before you go and buy the cheap battery. Make sure it's not just a sticker on a random product. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So we've got the battery. We've, we've got everything going on, you know, Johnny, he's, or Susie, whatever you want to call our <laughs> angler, has started off with all this stuff. Let's let's talk about rod fishing rod management. You know, they started off with one or two rods. Typically, how you know that person that buys their first kayak, they're they're really starting to get interested in it. They've got the cheap fish finder, they've got the paddle. You know, they're making headway. But now, man, it's like they're getting addicted. They've, they've hooked that big fish and they're getting juiced. They, they want to get like, man, I need a, I need a crankbait rod. I've been on YouTube and man, so-and-so's channel, man, he's talking about cranking. He's man. I need a jig rod, man. I need this. How do you start to accommodate all these rods? I mean, like, a kayak traditionally, like the Kusa X, you know, you've got a great place for four internal rods. The big rig's got a place for, you know, six rods that you can stage um, on the boat without any drilling. The NAR's got, you know, you can put eight on the NAR easy without, you know, before you have to add any rod holders or anything like that. Uh, but something like the bite, you know, you've got got a couple rod holders in the back behind you the flush mounts where do you go from there i mean how do you get more rod storage what are some of the things that you can do to add to your fishing arsenal I mean, um, when rigging your boat the easiest answer i think is any one of the storage crates you know we've talked about yak attack and yak gadget you know if you go find these crates and especially um some of these newer versions that they have depending on what size of crate you get, we'll have, you know, typically three to four rod holders that you can put on the back. I mean, adding, you know, three to four on the back of there. Plus, you know, if you've got uh, stand-up rod holders or if you've got like the NAR and the Coos X where you've got lay-down rod holders. I mean, if, you know, honestly, I would say if you're new to the sport and you're just really getting into it, I mean, don't take more than, four or five rods period, you know, because if you're still getting used to things and you're still getting used to understanding, don't overcrowd yourself. But um, those resources like a, a yak attack or a yak gadget are, are wonderful companies that, you know, you will see those names used constantly across the board and they're easy. You don't have to drill anything. You don't have to screw anything into your kayak. 
throw a crate on there, add three to four rod holders, you know, the blink of an eye. Yeah, that's solid advice. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I was going to say, keep it simple. You know, um, don't, don't take more than what you need out there or that you're comfortable with having on your boat. Uh, and back to that kind of that, that tip about functionality, you know, um, can you reach them? Can you cast your rods without hooking something behind you? Right. So thinking about that, when you're talking about rigging the kayak, where are you going to put those rod holders? Um, if you're installing extra gear tracks, like I, I usually do that on the inside of the tank. Well, uh, rear tank, well on my bikes, uh, to give myself additional rod stores, I put rod holders on those, um, well, I do that on I do that on the left hand side because I cast my right hand. And I know I won't end up catching the rods, you know, on that back cast. So um, super important to think about that kind of stuff. And and will you be able to use it and have it be functional for you? I, I would say the only thing I can add to either one of those guys is uh, is understand the difference between storage and functionality and utility. You know, I mean, it's like if you've got a rod in storage. If it's back behind you and it's in that Yak Gadget crate or in, the, or in that black pack, you know, fine. Make sure it's in there. Make sure you can secure it if you need to. Um, the rest is utility, you know. Like, like what am I going to be using from cast to cast? You know, I had that, had that Yak Gadget rod stager off there on my left side because I tend to, you know, work more off my right. Um, you know, I've got a comeback rod there, you know, if, if I, if I have a fish hit something and I need to grab, you know, a wacky rig real quick and skip it in there, I can just trade those real quick, you know, and flip that rod out there. And I've got a place to drop the rod that I was using. Um, those little angled rod pockets that are right behind the seat, you know, um, the left hand one, I, the only thing I use it for, that's where my camera boom goes. The right side, I leave that one open for utility for when I get a fish in the boat, and I'm going to put it on the catch board and take pictures, you know, having a place to just reach right there and drop a rod and have that rod up out of the way. You're, you got an angry small mouth or something like that that you're wrestling in the boat. It's really nice to have that little spot right there where you can drop that rod in while you're getting that fish in, you know, and get the lure out, toss it over the side, make sure you can reel it up with one hand. You know, it keeps things out of your way while you're measuring that fish because in that moment, the whole world revolves around getting a picture of that fish on that board, you know? So having your, having your boat set up in places for your rods to go is, is, is huge, you know? And, and that's something I think you just, you kind of learn with it, with experience about how to lay it out. Uh, but I mean, you know, the, touched on it earlier. I mean, just being able to secure those rods in that crate when they are in storage mode, or if you're in like sketchy mode, you know, like if, if, if you come out of a Creek, um, and you get to the main lake and it's white capping and it's blowing and it's like kind of sketchy, man, turn around, get back in that Creek, turn around real quick and put those bungees on your rods that are in the crate. Take a second and do that, you know, um, and then go out there and then, you know, I mean, the NAR, the big rig, you know, a lot, a lot of the Jackson boats will take those waves just fine, but take a second before you go and make sure that you've got, you know, some security options in those rod holders. Um, like when I, when I'm running in my big rig, uh, when I was running it, uh, those rods would kind of lay in the gunnels. So I, I, I made shot cord loops that would attach to the mm -hmm. seat rails that I could just slip over the butts of those rods, you know, and I could take two or three of those tie downs and that would hold in like eight rods, you know, like if I wanted to go under a bridge or into the trees or whatever, I could bungee those things down real quick. And, and we all get sloppy, I think with our rods from time to time, especially as the season wears on i definitely get sloppy <laughs> yeah, sure. i look like i've got everything laying on the deck at one time a lot of times um that's cost me six and eight hundred dollar combos before you know like I, I, i've i've thank them you know i've just dropped rods like <laughs> you ever had that moment? This is off. This is off subject. You ever just had that moment when you're fishing and then just like all of a sudden it's like something in the universe causes you to just drop the stupid thing. And it's like, <laughs> I've never done that. Think? No. <laughs> oh, I've, I've done it like three times. Uh, I didn't miss any of the rises. It's just been a good reason to buy a new one. Uh, anyway, blonde moment. Like 
I do like Adam's comment too. You put it up a second ago, multi-purpose rods. I mean, when you're first starting out, when you're first yeah. starting out, I mean, a couple, you know, a spinning rod or two you can do a ton with, and then a couple of bait casters because you can find a bait caster you can run a chatterbait, a spinnerbait off of, and don't, oh yeah, don't be afraid to retie. You know, if yeah. you're watching these videos with, you know, uh, Christine Fisher, or you know, all of these top tier anglers that have been doing it a long time and have a system and understand every every little in and out that they're doing it for their career you know you'll see them carry 10 12 14 rods that don't even consider that you know find a few okay. rods that you can do a couple different things with don't be afraid to retie stop retie i mean you got to do it every so often anyways to make sure your line's not nicked or you should you know be yeah, afraid to don't be sure. afraid to switch between a chatterbait and a spinnerbait, or you know, have a couple of rods you can do both with. Well, and then the one thing that really made that possible for me to 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 segue off that Matt is, uh, you know, on the Jacksons that that new underseat storage bag. Oh my god! Dude, like so life awesome. changing. I mean, like literally in in my in my uh, in my crate, my gadget crate in the back, I keep the big bags of all the different plastics in there and I'll keep mm -hmm. like my little terminal tackle boxes in there and like my box of glides. Um, but that under seat storage bag has literally changed my life. I'll, you know, once you get your organization system down, I've got like a, a, a hard bait, a soft bait, um, like a soft plastic, like quick grab box. And then I've got like a top water box and they all live underneath there. And you know, and they, I've got that one box that, that you can kind of change out for whatever fishery. Once you start getting dialed in and practice, you know, it kind of starts getting the juice in that box, you know, but man, having it right there under your feet um, and just being able to reach down and pull that box out without having to twist around, there's no reason to not, you know, retie, try. I mean, it's, it is really, I think probably tripled uh, the lures that I, that I actively throw throughout a day, just because I don't have to stop. And you know, right old, and, old and crippled, you know, like twist around and get back in the box, and you know, it's it, it's a really great add-on. So if you guys out there can figure out, you know, if you've got a Jackson, get that Jackson underseat storage bag. Um, mm -hmm. it, that'll change your life. On the underseat bag, Josh, I know this guy. I'm going to start with you on this one, but I know you spend a lot of time in the JK group pages. You spend a lot of time um, answering questions for our Ask a Pro um, and some of the different things like that that we do. I know we get a lot of questions. Hey, I'm a bigger guy. I weigh this amount of weight. Um, what? What are some of the things that I need to look at in a kayak? And balancing a kayak is a huge thing. And the underseat storage bag is a great way to start distributing weight throughout your boat. Absolutely. So you are using the whole boat and not just the tank well. Um, Josh, can you kind of talk a little bit about some of those things for spreading the weight around and, and balancing those boats? Some of the questions that you get in the group pages and the ask a pros and, and all that. And we lost you, bro. Can't hear you, buddy. No, nope. And Lance, the button, you can talk too. The uh, no, a weight distribution, man. Yeah, I actually did a video on that last year um, with with my uh, with my NAR. Uh, mm -hmm. Being very thoughtful about that. I mean, that goes back to everything we've talking about. Uh, getting in there and 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 riding in that boat, figuring out how it sits, figuring out where your seat's going to go. Um, being able to move that weight around is key. You know, if you if you're running a motor that big, heavy, you know, twenty four volt, sixty amp hour. You know, the way that my 23 NAR runs, I'm going to put that battery up front. That, that, that brings my bow down a little bit. I get a little more punch as I'm going through. Um, it just, and then, I, then I'll run my electronics battery in the far back. I mean, it's really just, it's being thoughtful about how you lay your boat out, you know. And if you can put weight, in, you know, across the board, you know, do that. You know, and don't be afraid to go out there and test it a few times. 
you don't have to get it right the first time. It, it's okay to go back and start over again, you know. So, it's, it, you know, get out there. And, and, and one of the big things is kind of like uh, um, change one thing at a time. You know, I, I think a lot of people will go out and be like, oh, I don't like this or this didn't right. You know, or I felt a little front heavy or whatever. Think about what mm-hmm. may be the problem. Change that. Then go out and try it, you know. If you change three mm-hmm. different things, you could make it worse or you can make it better and not know what made it better, you know. So it's just being yeah. very thoughtful about how you lay that weight out. I'm back. Yay! You remember the question, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lance Lance kind of hit it on the head, man, being very thoughtful about where you put your stuff in the boat. Uh, that underseat that bag by JK is phenomenal and and bringing that tackle weight forward. Uh, when you're thinking about that, think about some of your big baits. Like if you're throwing big swim baits or you have a terminal box, your terminal box is usually going to weigh more than just about any other box in your boat. Um, but the other thing is being very intentional about what you bring on your kayak. Uh, a lot of guys, especially those of us that came over from bass boats, they're used to tons of internal storage in a bass boat. And they try to bring every single piece of tackle they have with them on the kayak. Don't do that. Only 36 jigs. You literally throw, you're probably going to throw two or three baits the whole day, right? So, you know, if you're you're going out fun fishing and practicing, only take a few rods, figure out what you're going to use on tournament day if you are fishing tournaments, and then, you know, have it narrowed down. I don't ever bring more than six rods with me at at any tournament, uh, at least on the boat. I'll have extras in the truck, but um, I'll never bring more than six out there because it's just, it's extra weight. It's extra stuff to to get, you know, caught up in trying to, to you know, <laughs> use it all, right? Uh, rather than, than really hammering down and figuring it out. Uh, as far as the weight distribution goes, you know, looking at uh, where you're putting your batteries versus where your motor is. You know, I have, uh, I have an extension uh, for, for, the, for the power of my uh, tor- Torquedo batteries. I can put it up on the front hatch if I'm riding real heavy in the back with a lot of tackle. Um, Different things like that. Play with it. You know, go out again, just fun fishing uh, and see what configurations work best. Um, you know, if, you're, if you have a motor on there, you know, seeing when you distribute the weight differently in the kayak, uh, how that translates to more efficient uh, motor usage and speeds. Uh, these are all things that you will kind of figure out as you go. But, yeah. One little tip, too, if you're struggling with your distribution – you know, there's two things you can look at. One, if you set the kayak in the water by itself and make sure it's not not any rock, land, boat ramp or anything, you kind of see where it sits. But if you got a buddy with you, get in the kayak, get in the water, get away from anything that'll hold it up. Have them take a picture. Mm-hmm. You know, if it looks like the back end is sitting low or the front end is sitting low, you know, it's kind of a good, you know, indicator to give you an idea of where your weight's shifted to. And even sliding the seat forward, you know, if you're not on a pedal drive, if you have the ability to slide your seat forward or back a little bit, that can make a huge difference. Uh, Hard to do on a pedal drive, but on the paddling boats where you've yeah. got that trimability is, is great. Well, I'll tell you, I, I like to ride with it heavy in the, in the rear end, uh, especially on the river, just because it gives me a little more maneuverability. Um, but Matt will tell you, Matt, Matt and I fish together pretty frequently and it, it looks like a hot rod taking off all the time when I'm, <laughs> when I'm on the river in the kayak, it's kind of funny, but, but it's functional for me. So, you know, uh, I got like being, being in a lot of the big lakes, big wide open lakes out here. Um, you know, I kind of tend to do the same thing. I cheat a little bit more towards the back. Uh, but, uh, you know, one of the things that I wanted to add, cause we've been kind of going kind of more towards the new angler thing. One of the things that I see in a lot of the, the, the groups, like the DIY pages and things like that, when people start talking about weight distribution, uh, one of the, I'll call it a mistake because I just think that's what it is. Um, a lot of, a lot of new anglers kind of go, oh, wow, they're doing this or they're doing that on the DIY pages and they're, what's the best outriggers? What's the best it? What's the best that? Yeah. And man, let me tell you guys, if you're worried about what outrigger to put on your kayak, you've got the wrong kayak. Like, like you've got the wrong kayak. Like it's, let me say it again. You know, you've got the wrong kayak. There's literally no reason to have that on there. I mean, unless you have some sort of, uh, uh, you know, physical limitations or something like that, that you really need to do a lot of leaning one way or another, uh, man, keep away from stuff like that. That is, that is something that fundamentally changes everything about that boat. 
And if you mm-hmm. get in a boat that is really, truly designed and engineered by professionals and tested by professionals, that boat will run just fine with nothing bolted onto it. So if somebody tells you you need an outrigger, like yeah, 99.999% of the time you do not. You know, like no, I'm old and fat and crippled and I can get in any of these boats and stand up in them and, mm-hmm. you know, turn around in them and do whatever I need to do in them. And I mean, it's, it's, and they're fine. So, so please, please, please keep away from that. I want to answer this question from Caleb here real quick. Caleb, uh, the Coosa FD for a grassy lake. Um, son, you've bought yourself a four-wheel drive kayak. Little did Absolutely. you know. Um, <clears throat> so the, the Coosa FD, any of the FD boats, is actually a phenomenal kayak for a grass lake because what you have is the ability to set the pedals down and run in the open water. And then when you come up to a matted area or a heavy grass area in the lake, what you have the ability to do is flip that lever, flip that drive up, grab your paddle. And man, all of a sudden you've got four wheel drive and you can go a lot of places without changing the deck on your boat that, uh, that, uh, basically none of the other boats can go. I mean, with, without changing something in their layout on the deck, um, whether it's lifting the drive up or pulling the drive out, you know, with Jackson, all you got to do is flip that lever you know, everything tucks up nice and neat un- underneath the boat. So, you know, it gives you a great option for fishing those grassy places like that. Or, you know, it, it'll let you run super shallow water, too. I think that's one of the big perks to the flex drive. You can get it. You can run that dude just as low as you would a paddle boat because mm-hmm. with the flip of a wrist or I use my foot to flip the lever, um, man, you can you can really get yourself in and out of some spots and, get in some places where, you know, a lot of boats might miss. Um, so yeah, you've, you've basically bought yourself a four wheel drive kayak is the best way to look at it. And the Coos FD paddles pretty good too. So yes, it does. Paddles really well. I was going to say, yeah, like adding on to that, man, any of the Jackson (laughs) kayaks, what I always tell a lot of people at the shop is, is look, man, Jackson's born of whitewater, man. Jackson is born of paddling culture. Every single one of those holes out here, they really paddle like a dream. So, you know, fishing really grass heavy, like I do, like, I mean, yeah, retracting that drive, that boat will string mm-hmm. just float over the nastiest mass you've ever seen. Great boat. It's great for that. And yeah, I think echoing to all the boats paddle really well. We do spend a lot of time on that. And I'd recommend anybody that gets an FD boat, mm-hmm. definitely spend some time paddling it because you're going to be impressed with how well it paddles. The NAR actually paddles really well. I, lo- I love paddling uh, my NAR. Yeah. So, um, well with that guys, um, kind of an hour and two minutes here. So I'm going to let you guys sign off. Um, we'll kind of close this thing out, but I want you to go around the room, um, thank the sponsors that you need to thank the people that help you out every single day and, uh, tell the folks where to find you on social media. I'll kick it off. Uh, I want to say thanks, uh, first and foremost to the great family at Jackson, uh, they take care of us, and we've all raved about the Jackson. And I see even comment even to that Mark IV drive is amazing. So thanks to Jackson. Thanks for having us. Um, Delaware Paddle Sports, uh, Irod, and P-Line, they help my year go all the time. Um, some great folks, you know, if you're in our region, Delaware Paddle Sports is a, an amazing Jackson dealer, and they do they can answer all your questions and take care of you and um as far as social media at volboy 23 instagram and then matt campbell on facebook and feel free you know whether you come on this post or reach out to any of us if you guys got questions or hit up any of the jackson pages there's a million jackson owner pages um you know come by and comment whether it's us or one of the many uh folks at jackson or team members they're more than happy to help you out and hope to see you guys on the water yeah, I uh, just want to say first thanks to you, Chad, and, and uh, for having us on. So it was a good time, man. Um, big shout out to Jackson Kayak, the whole Jackson family, really. Uh, been with them for God, about a decade now <laughs> and uh, always taking good care of me. Um, Irod, P-Line, Bending Branches, Malone, Yakima, 
uh, and Dakota Lithium, uh, they, all these different brands and companies, they work with me in various capacities uh, and help me do what I do. Uh, if you're trying to find me on social media, look up uh, Joshua Evans Fishing on Facebook or at Tight Lines Sharp Minds on Instagram uh, or come out to any of our Mid-Atlantic kayak bass fishing events. Uh, you can find more information about us uh, at MKBF.com. Right. Yeah, mine is uh, Lance McCorder Fishing or my shop ETX Paddle Sports. You just look up ETX like East Texas Paddle Sports. Uh, man, thank you, Chad, again, for having me on and for all that you do for, for us and, and the brand and the, and the community. Um, you know, sponsor-wise, Jackson Kayaks, so super proud and honored. I love that family. Uh, Dakota Lithium, Missile Baits, Dobbins Rods, um, you know, Newport Vessels, striker amphibia eye gear uh traeger grills i am a chef after all you know uh uh bubba you know there's just so many great people that help keep me going and i truly appreciate you guys if you guys want to come out anywhere in east texas let me know uh you're happy to use one of my boats or test it out and take it for a drive um and i'll see all you guys out there i do the uh the bassmaster kayak series so i'll be at all the events this year and uh at the classic for sure so thank you yeah. Yep. And without further ado, we're going to thank uh, the fine folks at Jackson Kayak for uh, providing us uh, a platform to do this podcast. Also, Orion Coolers. Um, we would, this all airs on the Orion Podcast Network, um, you know, Spotify, all that fun stuff. So you can check it out after the show um, if you missed us on the lives. Uh, we've got uh, Evolve Rod Sleeves. Uh, we've got a 15% discount on that. Hit up JK. T15, and you can save yourself a little bit of money on some rod sleeves. Not bad. They're not bad at all. Um, Z Pro Lithium, uh, keeping us powered here at the Orion Podcast all year long. Um, the fine folks at Garage Beer for providing beer for the Orion Podcast. We appreciate the heck out of that. So we're going to give them a shout out. Um, Casking uh, Rods and Reels, they have been awesome. And also the fine folks at Basco. Basco Fishing. Uh, check out basco get you some swag you will enjoy it it's all custom new stuff coming out every few months and uh yeah chris is over at basco he's a good dude so uh hit him up get you some fresh fishing threads for spring um so that does it for the crew tonight um we appreciate you guys all being here hanging out with us for a little bit happy first podcast of 2020 2020 2020 2024 for all of us we're a little rusty it's been a few weeks um yeah thanks for hanging out with us and we will see you guys on the next one bye-bye thanks y'all i gotta hit in the stream